It's a bit of a late start, but coming up today on the Daily Wrestling News Show, I will sit down with John DeCani and we're going to talk WrestleMania. John, here we are one day post-WrestleMania. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How was your uh, travel back from the event? Uh, <laughs> tiring. <laughs> this is this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for April 12th, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy. Of course, I'm coming to you live from Minister Beltheim Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. As mentioned, here's John DeCani with us. Uh, we are fresh off of WrestleMania, the biggest night in wrestling all year round, especially in the United States. Um, and there's a lot to talk about, but I'm really tired. <laughs> so I think what we're going to do, um, we're just kind of kick around the hi- highlights, lowlights, um, and just kind of you know talk through. I'd love to get John's perspective on somebody who watched it from home, and I'll kind of share a little bit about my perspective from watching uh in the arena that night or in the st- in the stadium i guess so um john i guess first 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 things first like to in your mind how'd the show go wrestlemania is always it's always a spectacle you know it's certainly you can't complain about the show that they put on mm-hmm. you can complain about some of their choices about how some of these matches ended but uh, overall, I always leave WrestleMania pretty much with a positive feeling. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's a little bit different from actually being there in person. And I was, oh my God, was I angry at some of the outcomes and some of the choices they made. But overall, I didn't walk away. You know, I'm not going to be one of those guys, I don't know what they're doing. You know, they, 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 they ruined the whole year. They threw everything away. You know, uh, it's, it's WrestleMania, man. I always leave WrestleMania with a smile. Well, you know, it's funny. It's one of those things where... Yes, I've you know I've I've uh, read my Twitter feed and I've read Facebook and everything like that. So I've seen you know the, the the points where people were upset or whatever about certain outcomes. It's interesting because if you're there in the arena, the, it's just that the people that are upset are loudest on the internet because there is a huge portion of people that just popped for every single finish, whether it's sure. the Rhea finish or the Bianca finish or Bad Bunny. Or anything like people were behind all these people. It's just that internet people are loud. <laughs> well, and it's in the, the the thought I had during the main event of the second night was when Daniel Bryan got his introduction. There was more than a smattering of booze coming through the television because he you know, he was the interloper. He was the guy who weaseled his way in here, got shoehorned in here, didn't belong, blah blah blah. But the minute he started going like this. Some of those same people are chanting, yes, yes. So when you're there, you're committed. You're all in. You know, you might be booing a guy one second, but as soon as, you know, he says, come on, sheep, come along with me, you're chanting. <laughs> it's so funny because I actually leaned over to uh, my wife and Travis when that was happening. And I, I said, you know, Daniel got about a 50-50 reaction when he came out. Edge was mostly positive. Roman um, Roman has got the same response whether he's a face or a heel, believe it or not. And, um, and, and I said, it's a great that Daniel has this for WWE because if he didn't have the yes chant 
like <laughs> they would not have gone the way they wanted. But yeah. Um, that's one of the you know that's obviously the main event of main events right it's the main event of night two and i think most of us were fooled right like if you're going to have a triple threat that's how you get the belt off roman without beating roman that's not what happened instead roman like piled them up like corn pinned them both i'm like oh my god this is a burial these guys so to speak so if, if you were bitching all along which you know we see in the uh the, the chat along threads there are some people that the whole time were going like, you know, Roman's supposed to be, he got over as the heel because he was a monster heel. Mm-hmm. But then pretty much since Rumble, maybe a little after Rumble, he's kind of more come off as a whiny bitch. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, it, you were, uh, I was very much ready to see them take the belt off of him without making him look too weak because it was, you know, it was going to be, I mean, my idea was going to be edge pinning Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, here's the monster. Yeah, you yeah. get the monster payoff without the monster build. So that yeah. was one of those things where I was scratching my head and saying, "That is a very odd decision for them to make." But okay, here we go. Now, so, um, and we can come back to Daniel and, and Roman and Edge. But what was your? What do you think the highlight of night one was on from sitting at home? What do you think the the biggest thing? Highlight there was? Of- Night one for me personally was Cesaro. You know, Cesaro finally having his moment going over uh, Seth in the fashion that he did. Just, you know, that just put a big old smile on my face because I love Cesaro. So how did that frog splash look on television, the rotating one that Seth did? Because that thing looked amazing in person. (laughs) Yeah, it was very impressive. (laughs) Um, it felt like just thematically night one was such an uplifting night, right? Like the whole of the evening between like the way it started with everybody coming out. And I don't know if you guys saw it on television, but I swear to God, like Sami Zayn was jumping 27 feet in the air on the stage. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like there were people in the crowd. He was, you know, very happy. (laughs) So yeah, was that, you know, welcome to WrestleMania from Vince McMahon. Did that have give you like goosebumps at all or anything like that? What did it come off? It always way? does. It always does. You know, here, you know, and I I don't do any impressions well, but you know, welcome to WrestleMania. You know, that's that uh, it's just you know, like I said, just like hearing Finkel's voice for the, the rumble or mania, I'm twelve years old again. Yeah. Yeah. Um I will say I think that the the first night there were the Cesaro moment was I mean the crowd was all totally behind him and at the same time I thought Seth Rollins looked good in the match and came off probably better than he has at least appeared on television in the last last six months or so or Absolutely. last year even um, so I you know I think if they decided to go face with Rollins after this they could if they want to dig in their heels and go heal with him and put him against Roman they could I think. Um, but this was this was cool to see Cesaro get that big win. Um, he was teary-eyed and everything. A lot of fun there. Um, the other thing, before you, we even get to the main event, that place exploded for Bad Bunny. Like, no joke. <laughs> it was a big, and, big deal. And, yeah, you know, I, I think I said this in the watch-along thread, but, and, you know, the, the phrase is credit where credit's due. 
I have poo-pooed this from the start. I have had nothing good to say about it other than, you know, perhaps, well, it's going it's, it's to get someone like uh, Damian Priest on the card, you know, which until last minute looked like, oh, maybe it's not. But all right, so it got Damian Priest on the card. Man, I, you know, I got to give the bunny credit. He clearly put in the work. Mm-hmm. He clearly, you know, I, we knew that he was uh, a wrestling fan by his own admission. We had heard the stories that he was training. And this was as impressive, if not more impressive than Pat McAfee. Oh, you know, that, like, oh my God, this guy can actually put like my thoughts once again, you know, playing the, you know, we play amateur uh, booker uh, yeah. on the shows, on your show and on uh, the EWP. And so I'm always thinking of not just, the, you know, who's going to win, but how it's going to build and whatnot. Sure. So I saw Priest carrying the action. You yeah. know, Bunny would probably get two minutes in the middle of the match and then get the cover. Yeah. Completely the other way around. Damian Priest was on the apron for it seemed like most of the match. It's interesting. It's funny because uh, I was talking with um, some of the CCW folks I ran into in the hotel lobby, and they were talking about how they expected this to be like a crowning moment for Damian Priest, right? Like he was going to get the he he was going to get all the momentum off of this because you know he's coming out with Bad Bunny and like you know and he stood out there waiting for that hot tag and waiting for that hot tag and waiting for that hot tag. Well, the, well, the star of bad bunny just kept building and building and building. And, and when you leave the match, you didn't really think, Oh wow. Damien priest, he is the man. You thought, Oh my God, bad bunny can go. He can do a Puerto Rican destroyer on the floor. <laughs> that, that move. I, I got that move, you know, quoted in my text message chain, not even the one with you and the guys from the essential wrestling podcast, like four other people went, you know, uh, my best buddy Fitz, uh, who's a huge, huge wrestling fan, the, the Puerto Rican destroyer, destroyer, the move I didn't know I needed in my life. Sure, <laughs> unbelievable. Now credit, credit where credit's due. I'm giving John Morrison a lot of credit for that. <laughs> you know, he's a super athletic, but yeah, I mean, it was that was a lot of fun. And then also, I didn't realize up until WrestleMania that. Bad Bunny, he gets around by riding on the top of an, uh, a semi-truck. That's how he goes from yeah. point A to point B. <laughs> that, that was an interesting entrance that he had there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but lots of fun. The crowd was very, very into that. Um, what did you think of Amos in the AJ and Amos match against the New Day? Uh, that was – well, first of all, my first thought before he uh, – you know, before the match even started was – this guy's still in street clothes. Like, yes. <laughs> what is he going to do here? Is he, is he ever going to, you know, is he going to get, and then he got in and just started ragdolling guys. And, you know, we saw him move. Like the, the crazy thing is my biggest want in that match was to see whether or not he could really move. Mm-hmm. Cause he's so big. And, you know, I, not that I thought that he was going to be Kali where he was going to walk, he was going to move like Frankenstein, but I wanted to see just how athletic he is. Yeah. And you didn't really get this. Not that he looked bad, but he kind of did everything he needed to do while taking just a few steps. Yes. <laughs> he was impressive. He ragdolled the hell out of uh, the guys from the New Day. But I, I really still don't have a feel for what kind of athlete he is because he just, you know, came in and Hulk smashed everybody and 
know, it was over before you really, you know, knew what was happening. I, I kind of love how they're doing this too, right? Because so AJ Styles, super worker, the New Day's super workers. And Omas is kind of a wild card. And we know he's new. We know he's green. We know he's been working. But like the way, if they continue to book him like the monster, like this, he can slowly introduce a new thing and a new thing and a new thing until he's kind of fully fleshed out. And it works with his persona because he's a monster, right? So like next match, if he does like, let's just say he lifts his, you know, body slams somebody, that's a new move and we all pop for it. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, like he can slow roll out his offense over time. And, you know, I think that'll be, it'll be a great way to kind of bring him about. Um, but I agree. He reminded me the fir- the thing that I thought of was this is, this is Zeus against the mega powers, yeah. you know, like yeah. he just, he's just point. walk here, walk here, do a move, do a move. Beat your chest, pin the guy. Type of thing. Yes, so. that's an excellent comparison. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm, you know, reservation. You know, I don't, I don't have any reservations. But like, you know, yeah, you know, like you said, judgment kind of to the side until we see a little bit more. But um, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. He's a monster. He's well established. <laughs> there you so, go. Um, on the other thing on night one that I was not expecting to be good at all, but I did sort of like was the Braun Strowman and Shane cage match. I thought the creativity of of, of Braun pulling Shane through the cage saved saved the match. If they, if they did nothing else, I thought that that basically was kind of the high spot for the match for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but the, okay, so you know that I have been itching and moaning the whole way through that angle that if this was not meant to put somebody else over to get somebody to help out Shane. Uh, that yeah. it was going to be all you know not worth it. And there, there, there was the moment. You know, he, yeah. he pulled him through. The, now the cage was open. Nobody was you know, some big beast was not going to have to go all the way over the cage. They could come right through the opening. I'm like, okay, there we go. You know, like all right now, you know, because I was the whole time grumbling like, really. You know, we got a couple of seconds of uh, Elias and Stryker at the beginning attacking Strowman, and then they disappeared. And it's just, you know, Shane at 51 trying to figure out, you know, can I take a ridiculous monster bump and not die? Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what it wound up being. But we did, we had that moment. I did pop for that moment, and I, I popped more with anticipation yeah. that didn't get paid off. But Okay, you know, it, it did have that moment. I, I, I guess I will say it wasn't so formulaic in that way, right? Like, and, and I think that's probably what I liked about it. It was the the cool thing in the match that made it worthwhile to me. Um, now I know, uh, not even not even mentioning tag team turmoil. Natty and Tamina looked great. They got through to the next match. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but the main event of night one, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Lots and lots of press about this historic match. Uh, Bianca wins. And when you look at that match, Bianca Belair took the entire match. This was, you know, I was saying to my to my cousins and to my wife, Sasha Banks could be big match Sasha. Like she shows up for these things, right? Um, but I thought this was a really giving performance from her in the sense that 
this was meant to, on the biggest stage, establish somebody new. And that crowd went crazy for Bianca. I know not everybody was excited about Bianca being there, but there was a real good feel good moment at the end of WrestleMania. Not many boos. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure if you're in the building, you get swept up in the positivity of the whole thing because the match did what the build for three months failed to do. Mm. You know, I mean, they, you know, they, Bianca came up as this kind of bitchy heel. I'm better than I, I, I'm the best at everything I do. I'm, better than you at everything and she won the rumble so now okay she's going up against sasha who's you know naturally a heel as well mm -hmm. what are they going to do here who are they you know who are they going to do they're probably not going to go heel versus heel what what are they going to do and it seemed like they never really got their footing in building the duo yeah. they put them together and you know they They'd bicker at the end of one match, and then they'd put them together for the next match, and the next match would end without any heat between them. Mm -hmm. And then they'd bicker again, and it, 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 was, it was this up and down. It was just the weirdest build. And when they tried to get Bianca over as the aw shucks baby face about how she was just so happy to be there, it came off so flat and phony. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like the build to that match was one of the less impressive builds in the history of Rumble to Mania. Mm -hmm. But then the match, you know, the match paid off. You could, And I'm sure, especially if you were in the building, you couldn't help but get swept up by the fact that here was this new person putting over an absolutely monster performance. You know, her, her walk up the steps in the Gorilla Press Slam was you know, the most impressive thing I've seen since Brian Cage walking up a whole flight of steps with Darby Allen you know, <laughs> in, a, in a stalling suplex in the, in that uh, match. And, you know, I, I didn't agree with the outcome, but uh, once again, I'm sure if you're in the building, that had to have been just an absolutely immense moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it'll be so interesting to see where they go next. Right. Like, you know, we'll see short rain, long rain. Um, the rumors out there of people returning and whether they're going to return to this show or that show or what's going to happen. Um, all kinds of like interesting things there. Okay, so night two. We already talked a little bit about um, the, the main event, but a lot of stuff happened on here. And the show opened with it's like a less than a five, less than a six minute match. Um, but you know what? I know a lot of people have a lot to say about the fact that it was a short, such a short match, but when I sat back and I thought about it, I'm like, okay, The Fiend, most people complain about his matches no matter what because he did, he's like a no-sell. Like, he doesn't sell, so that takes kind of a lot out of, a lot of steam out of the matches. So maybe by making it a short match, it's actually better because all of his interesting stuff is the theatrics and the playground and all that stuff that kind of comes with. And we had all of that. And so, John, the, the question I have, you were watching it on television. You were close up. I was not. I've read some things online where people were saying that it wasn't Bray Wyatt. It was Bo Dallas. Did it look like that to you? You know, I didn't pay attention to the tattoos or anything like that. But uh, I, I, did not, I did not get that idea. Now, yeah. I, I was kind of jockeying between taking notes, timing the match, watching the match. So, you know, I, I, I was, it's not like I was just right in front of the screen and watching every second of it. 
but I, I didn't get that feeling at all. And I, and I hadn't read anything about it because I went to bed just kind of like, you know, I didn't, I didn't, didn't enjoy the, you know, the, the, the outcome. Again, I enjoyed overall the presentation, but, you know, I, I went to bed going like, shucks, I, I missed on this one and I missed on that one. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't read any of the, uh, the playback on it. But all I can say about that match was to counter what I just said about Bianca and Sasha, here was a match with all of this build. Yes. Months and months of, you know, it felt like uh, um, Sabu and Taz in ECW where they went six months without touching each other before finally the night that it was going to go, you know, bananas in the ring. And all of that for less than six minutes and a hiccup by Alexa and an RKO that, you know, against the guy who basically doesn't sell any moves yeah, yeah. and then it was over. It was like all this build for less than six minutes. The entrance was more than six minutes. Sure. sure. So uh, that was another one that just left me scratching my head. Like, well, what are they doing here? Like, did they just, was that the end of the fiend? Is the fiend done? Because what, what in God did you do with him next? Well, to me, it seems, it seems to me that Randy Orton and the fiend is done. Like I think this was the period there they can they can move on from there. But this is it now Alexa feuding with the fiend? Was it when I heard people say, "Oh, it wasn't the it wasn't Bray Wyatt, it was Bo Dallas." I'm like, okay, well maybe Alexa recognized that, and that's why she did what she did. I have no clue. Um, yeah, the theatrics of it will play out. And um, there was an audible boo coming over the crowd at the end of that, and. I perceived that as being like, because there was no explanation to what was happening. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the, even the way the match ended, okay, so the match ended, RKO, one, two, three, whatever. Then lights out, lights on, everybody's gone. Like no, yeah. there's no explanation to what just happened with Alexa there, why she was, you know, oozing the, the magic juice, the black blood, whatever. What, that, you know, I, I literally, my reaction was, what did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. Just three plus months. I mean, more than this didn't just start at the Rumble. This was months and months of build for less than six minutes. What the hell did I just watch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, theater for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, and that theater will continue, I'm sure. Um. So then the tag match we had Shayna and Nia getting another win here. I don't know who in the world is left for them to to beat up. <laughs> but um, really good performance as far as a live live performance from Tamina here. Somebody who doesn't get the spotlight that often. She usually only comes in for two, three months. Then they take her away for a while then bring her back and stuff like that. But I felt like in all the times that I've seen Tamina, the, the crowd was probably most behind her here. Well, I think there was like a carryover. You know, the night before she got to hit the, the Superfly yes. Splash. And that was special, you know. Yes. You had, you know, the Anvil's daughter. You have the Superfly's daughter, and quite frankly, that's why I thought they were going to go over here. Uh, you know, I, I have an idea as to why it didn't happen, or at least a theory. But you know, I, it, it just like there was there was just good, there was good feelings for them. Like they've they, they haven't played nice people. They've been messing people up backstage and whatnot. Correct. So it's it's not like they were these super baby faces. But they have this 
you know, this legendary lineage. So it kind of made them the baby faces in that moment. And then they didn't go over. So I was like, okay, so much for that. <laughs> yeah. And so now you have, um, you know, they're, they're in technically on the raw side of things. Um, and you've got, I want to go pivot so that we can kind of talk about everything together. The Rhea and the Asuka match. You have a new champion with Rhea Ripley. Um, you know, so we, we can talk about the match, but Rhea's the champion. Asuka's not. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Asuka at this point. There's rumors of Becky returning. There's rumors of Ronda returning. Um, Charlotte Flair's out there. So there's no shortage of opponents for Rhea Ripley. But I sit back and I look at that Nia and Shayna situation. There is a shortage of opponents for them. So do you think we have one of these returns playing into that? Or what's what's your theory there? Uh, here's my theory there. Uh, one of my complaints about the Thunderdome era has been, I think the Thunderdome lent a lot. You know, last year when it was just, empty arena and you could hear them, you know, uh, uh, you could hear every your pin drop in between the moves and they had, you know, credit to a lot of these guys for not letting us hear them call the matches as they went along. The Thunderdome has added a lot to that. The screens have yeah. made it feel like there's people there and but most importantly, the piped-in noise has made it a little easier to watch the match and lose yourself in the moment that there's nobody there. Yeah. The one problem I have is when they see it's one thing if they pipe in, you know, white noise. Yeah. It's one thing when they pipe in a yay or a boo. When they pipe in the chants, it starts to kind of feel a little cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. And at the Hall of Fame, and obviously it's the powers that be that are deciding what chants get piped in. At the Hall of Fame, at the very end of the Bella's induction, there was a one more match chant piped in. Mm -hmm. So I think perhaps we get them as a tag team, you know, ah, here's some belts that, you know, neither one of us has, you know, really ever sniffed. Maybe let's go after that. That's a great point because the rumors have been out there about them returning. And here you have the dominant champions, um, you know, that have just basically steamrolled over everybody. And you got this team that's been out there for years that never had a shot at the belts, you know, come back. It kind of all makes sense. It makes tons of sense. So I guess that's the, uh, that's probably, you're right. You're probably, that's the tag team that we're going to go with. Yeah. I'm now basing that on absolutely nothing but that chant no. at the induction. But, you know, that's the, uh, if you take that out of the mix, yeah, then I'm right there with you going, what in God's name do you do with Nia and Shana next? Yeah. Now, Rhea Ripley's champion. And to me, Okay, we can do an Oscar rematch. That's easy. Could do that. Um, Charlotte makes a ton of sense, right? Because of the history that they have. Um, Becky Lynch has never wrestled Rhea Ripley, as far as I know. So that's an interesting angle. Um, so you have all these like interesting things that you can do to shoot off of Rhea Ripley. Um, and then you got, you know, if Rhonda comes back. Um, it seems like Becky and Ronda would come back. They come back at the same time. They go after each other, but who knows when that's when that's going to happen? But what do you think the immediate future is for Rhea? Like, does she who should go for like at, at backlash? I I think 
and uh, maybe it winds up being even a triple threat because uh, obviously Oscar's going to have something to say about it. But uh, they must have an absolute concrete plan in mind that we're not completely seeing because, again, this is the theme that I'll continue to touch on. There's no build to this match. There was none. Yeah. Hi, well, I'm was- here. I want a shot at you at WrestleMania. Yeah. So. To make her the champion, they must have an absolute concrete thought of, you know, her road to backlash and maybe even all the way to SummerSlam. And I'm going to guess that it involves Charlotte just because she was so conspicuous by her absence. And uh, maybe, you know, uh, maybe they do a little uh, round robin where uh, Asuka's in the mix as they go along. Maybe even there's a triple threat involved. But, you know, a gun to my head, I'll say Charlotte's there for her because... You know, they've got some history and you know, there was absolutely no build to the Mania match. So maybe there'll actually be some build to uh, her title run. Well, and so there's a lot of discussion about, you know, whether Charlotte was supposed to be in that spot. Right. And then there was various things that happened between COVID and drama and stuff like that and politics that people were thinking that got Charlotte removed from the match. So if we assume Rhea took maybe the Charlotte spot. And Rhea was coming soon this whole time. So Rhea gets slammed in there in the Charlotte spot. She wins the title. Maybe it was supposed to be Charlotte wins the title and Rhea slow rolls, builds momentum until she can do the big challenge at maybe SummerSlam or something. So maybe they just flip spots now, right? That's you know. Um, and Charlotte maybe doesn't return for a little bit longer. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, nothing about that storyline made sense. Yeah, once again, not that it was a bad match. You know, it's not like I came out of that match saying like, oh, that you know that that was terrible. No, <laughs> two of them put on a great match because they're great competitors. But with no, you know, WrestleMania is usually all about storylines, and here this one had absolutely none. So when it has absolutely none, do you do a title change? Like doing yeah. a title change on a match that had absolutely no story to it, it was just a weird, weird thing for me. But you know, hopefully it pays off going forward. We get a nice SummerSlam out of it. Now, Io Shirai lost the championship at Stand and Deliver. Do you think she's coming up? Uh, you know, I just said this before. You know, what else do you do with her? I mean, I, I, I know there's a lot of people in the NXT organization that almost don't even consider it getting a call-up anymore. They, you know, right. they don't want to leave because they're having so much fun and putting on such entertaining stuff down there, but what is left for her? I mean, right, you know, right. other than, uh, you know, uh, rolling it back with Raquel, in which case she's most likely just going to solidify Raquel's win and uh, put her over again. Who hasn't she gone through down there? Yeah. So, in all likelihood, yeah, I could see her coming up. And what I hope they don't do, and I, gotta, I have a fear that Vince's views are so simplistic that they might just plug her into the Kyrie Zane spot and take Oscar out of the main title picture and, you know, let those two go after the tag titles. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. But that's kind of like rolling around in the back of my head. I had that thought too. I think the reality is though, I'd much rather see them face each other. Like much rather see them face each other. 100%. And if that turned that, that like rivalry turns into a friendship, then okay. And then we can yeah. have, you know, um, Sky Pirates or Kabuki Warriors version two. <laughs> um, okay, so the mid card titles they both changed. Sheamus beat uh, Riddle with the Brogue Kick. Cruz beat Big E. Um, 
the cruise one is more newsworthy though right like Dabakato comes back apparently his name is going to be Commodore Aziz now I think they trademarked that so um not not sure if they did that in the commentary or not but no but no yeah, that I in my I actually as I was taking notes went out of my way to say that they didn't call him Dabakato you know oh, look at this monster you know they didn't refer to him by a name and I'm like all right some kind of name change has got to be coming for him because we know who this guy is yes he was drafted in raw when Andrade yeah. wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Just because he put on, you know, Isaac from the Love Boat's jacket doesn't mean we don't know who this guy was from Raw Underground. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now we have two monsters, one on each show. Yeah. Well, not to mention Braun Strowman and all that stuff, but um, you have Dabakato and Almost now seem to be kind of in the mix, which is nice to see talent getting used and stuff. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Did you think this was a big crowning victory for Apollo? And where do you think Big E goes from here? Big, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, you know, they, they fought so many times. That's the weird thing about the build to this one. There was so much between the two of them where Big E came out on top when it was in the ring, even if Apollo, you know, would beat him up, you know, would sneak attack him or something like that. So now that Apollo finally got his in-ring victory, is there, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good guys right around the mid card on that show. Does does Biggie get his rematch right away? You know, since rematches aren't promised anymore, do they you know, move him away? I'm not really sure what they do there. But the, the the one thing I wanted to ask you though is, did you did I miss something in the build to this match? I I legitimately thought this match was going to be like. A guy on all four sides of the ring beating a drum. I, I did not realize that this was a hardcore match. <laughs> all I knew is a Nigerian drum fight or whatever they call yeah. that. Nobody <laughs> knew what that was. So I guess it was it was a hardcore match, but it was kind of weird. Like they used kendo sticks and stairs. There was tons of drums that didn't get used. Right. right? Like they were there as decorations. Yeah, I, I thought the whole point of the drums was that it was going to be beating a drum and eventually, you know, maybe we were going to see some psychology in this match where it started to drive Big E a little bit nutty and that took him off his game and that led to, you know, some kind of sneak attack or whatever. When it turned out to just be a, you know, modified hardcore match, I was like, all right, that's interesting. Like it didn't ruin it or anything for me, but I was confused. They could have done something. You're right. Like, especially with all the music they had going on, Big E's entrance with Wale and Rhea's entrance. If they just put some, you know, speakers up to those drums and had some people beating them for you know, the dramatics of the match. That'd be kind yeah. of fun. <laughs> but um, do you think it's possible? Yeah, so so the SmackDown SmackDown show had two matches. You had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and you had Cesaro and Seth Rollins, two singles matches away from titles. And then you had this one where Big E loses the title. Um, and Roman is had a definitive victory over both guys. So it sounds like he needs maybe a new challenger. Who could it be? He's a he's a bad guy, right? So, so it's not, it doesn't seem right that it'll be Seth Rollins right away. But could it be Biggie? Does it make sense for it to be Cesaro? Um, yeah, I mean, if if they want to if they want to plug Cesaro in there, I'm all for it. Uh, I, I don't know if that's their thing. You know, like I, I just there's a lot of times where I think to myself, like this is a really you know, this is a good place to go next. And that it, you know, it gets it gets nothing from you know WWE creative. So 
I, I am completely done trying to figure out what's in their minds in terms of storylines because I just swung and missed so many times just on this card alone. But I started you – know, the, the one thing that was going through my mind at the end of the show last night was, um, again, one of my buddies, not in the EWP circle, but uh, another one of my friends who is a monster wrestling fan, has been asking me like every back and forth we have for the last three months since – uh, Rumble, and so where do you think Brock figures in all this? Brian, he, he keeps asking me about Brock, and I I kept saying all along, okay, I won't be surprised to be wrong here, but they're not going to waste what would be an immense pop of Brock's return without people in the building. So yeah. the very earliest I see Brock coming back is during one of, one of the main events, night one or two of Mania, maybe after a match he sticks the new, you know, the new champ or the, whoever the champion is at the end of the match. He, you know, jumps them, and that launches us into a program for SummerSlam. So as Roman was stacking up his opponents like Cordwood at the end of that match, I'm thinking to myself, "What's left?" Yeah. Oh yeah. boy, is this where is this where Brock comes out? And you know, we get the, you know, who does Paul Heyman love more storyline that carries yeah. SummerSlam? Paul Heyman on pole, but that didn't happen. So I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know, what, what do you do next with that universal title? You, know, could, you, you might have hit the nail right on the head, right? Maybe, maybe Brock comes back for SummerSlam. By I, I'm, I'm sure that'll be a live attended event. Right, right. And and uh, you know, so maybe they just need a couple of people for Roman to beat between now and whenever that feud starts up. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it's interesting and hard to hard to know what Roman's going to do immediately. I kind of don't want to see the Cesaro match because Roman's going to win that definitively. There's no question. We don't have to even think about that. Um, and Cesaro's got a little bit of mo uh, momentum right now, so I'd kind of like to see him continue that, get a few more wins, you know, yeah, yeah. and and things like that. I don't really want to see him go get beat by Roman Reigns right away. And the same thing, I guess, for Big E. He just coming off a loss, and maybe they could elevate him up. But I would like to. I would like to see him. Get some more, some momentum. So. Now the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn match. Did you feel like there was? Um, and I think that's the last match that we have to really talk about. But that match, um, I was like looking for that to steal the show, and I don't think I felt that way when it was over. Um, it just seemed to be missing a little something. But I did like the Logan Paul stunner. Yes, yes, yeah. That once again, you know, I figured Logan Paul. You know, when we obviously. Not everyone's going to completely get this reference, but when we, when we made our picks, you know, I, I picked, I'm in Al's originals pool. So I made the picks for that a little early. I made that before I finished watching SmackDown. And I said, you know what? Um, I, I picked Sammy because I figured uh, the last thing I had so seen was Kevin Owens stun Sammy or I forget, punch Sammy, whatever it was, and walk out of the ring and shove Logan Paul. Yeah. But, uh, Logan Paul's gonna, you know, at some point in time, going to cost Kevin this match. Then I watched SmackDown and saw just how obnoxious Sammy was going to the the gym there and seeing Logan, uh, you know, sparring with his brother. And I figured, okay, at some point in time, Sammy's gonna like, you know, be kind of like, you know, pulling on Logan Paul's shirt and being like, "Help me, man! Why aren't you helping me?" And that's when Logan Paul's gonna like smack him or punch him. He's gonna turn around right into a stunner. And Kevin Owens is going to win this match. And you got none of that. 
Well, just <laughs> sat there until the match was completely over. So, I, you know, like, it, it, you're right. And now those, Sammy and Kevin, they can't put on a bad match, but I expected this one to steal the show, and I don't feel like it did that. No. Um, and I don't know how it came across to, to you, but, like, when Bad Bunny came out the night before, the crowd went crazy, like absolutely bonkers. Now, Logan Paul and Bad Bunny, neither one of them are in my circle of things that I consume for content. Right. Um, but Logan Paul, another big celebrity, complete opposite reaction from the crowd, though. Like, yeah. he was booed. And I don't, I don't know if they could have anticipated how vociferous if that's the right word, <laughs> that booing was for him. Um, and whether they made a judgment call, hey, Kevin Owens, give him a stunner. <laughs> or not, like at the end of the match. Like, like if, if, if he was going to get really cheered, you could see, you know, Logan Paul holding up Kevin Owens' arm, you know, at the end of the match. But with that booing, he had to get stunned. That was, <laughs> that's, that's the right answer, so. But. Yeah, it was like, how do you... Like you said, I have no idea what this guy's storyline. Apparently, he's a YouTube sensation. But you know, is he on YouTube? Is he a jerk? Is he someone that everybody hates? Is it, because otherwise, you know, I, I have, I don't, I have no idea. You know that that reaction from the crowd, I'm sure, was not. I don't think that was Vin, what Vince was hoping for. So, yeah, yeah, it it it, it didn't seem to give us. It gave us somebody to boo. If that's what he was looking for, that's what he got. But <laughs> it was very, he was very much rejected by the wrestling audience. So, all right. Well, that's WrestleMania. Um, John, overall, I think you said at the beginning of the show that it, you'll never leave disappointed. Um, it certainly was not, you know, we've talked about a lot of our favorites. It's probably not up there, but it had such a good feeling just to be, have fans back in the arena. Um, it made a big difference, I thought. Yeah, I think that that is the takeaway that, oh, dear God, we're so close to getting fans back, hopefully full time. And won't that just be a little bit? Yeah. Now, one thing I will say, as somebody who's been to many episodes of Dynamite, um, the AEW, is, if, you, if you are somebody who is concerned about COVID, uh, those dynamite events are way safer than this WrestleMania event was. People did not were not paying attention to the social distancing very much, and masks were coming off all the time and things like that. So if that's kind of your wheelhouse and what you're looking at when you go to you know out in public, WrestleMania was not nearly as safe as those other ones. Um, at the same time, it was a lot harder to police. Right, at dynamite, there's a much higher ratio of like uh, staff person to fan. There's only a thousand people in the crowd at Dynamite. There's twenty five thousand people. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't necessarily be as managed as closely. So, but it was great to be among a crowd that was chanting, that was having, you know, just a, a great time. That this is awesome's chance were um, very easy to get. <laughs> I have a few times where the this is awesome is going on. I'm like, that's a bit generous. Yeah. <laughs> Are you just saying it's awesome to be in the building? Because what's happening in front of us here, eh, not so much. It's it's good, but it's not. This is off. Anyway, I had a great time at WrestleMania. I'm wearing the WrestleMania 37 hoodie. And um, I'll remember this for a long time because of how 
how long it had been since WWE put on a, a show with crowd. So great time had by all saw lots of people. Um, and, and Travis and I will do a show where we talk about it too. Cause Travis came, came with me and we went to a bunch of independent shows the night before the, the days that proceeded. So we just had a blast and we'll talk about that on a, on an upcoming episode. So I guess until then, John, any final words? Uh, good to have you back. Uh, it was, it was interesting to see some of your pictures uh, from there. Glad you had a good time and that's WrestleMania people, you know, yes. Love it or leave it. <laughs> all right. We will catch you all tomorrow.